Okay, good morning, everybody. Hope everybody's well. Happy Thursday for those that are here live. For those that are here, whenever it is that you're here, thanks so much for being here. It means the world to us. Again, thanks. To, thank you though to the L Psalm sisters yesterday for their sponsorship and all that they do. You know, we've been talking about this concept of what's in your circle, but the idea of of meaning and making sure the things that we're going after are are things that are worth going after. So many times in life, we get caught in games that ultimately, even if we win, we lose. Sometimes it happens in businesses and companies. You may be in a job where deep down you shouldn't be at. And in the back of your mind, you're hoping that somebody fires you because you'll never have the guts to leave, but it's sucking the life out of you. So sometimes in life, the games that we're in are the games that are hurting us the most. And yesterday, we've been talking for the past few weeks about this concept to try to continuously move our minds in a direction where we can see the invisible. What's in our circle of the value, the priorities of what we're going after is usually invisible. Sometimes one or two of the goals will be visible to us but a lot of it will be invisible. We just won't achieve success in the other stuff. And we won't really know why. But as we do the work, the hard work, the work of introspection, to identify the values that we want, the goals that we want, and to question them, as we start to look at something, it becomes more obvious. It's how our minds work. Our minds are built to see the things that are already in our minds, right? The stimuli around us is so much greater than that in which we can take in. Our minds cannot process the focus that is required to bring in all the stimuli so every time our mind looks for things, it brings into our conscious mind only those stimuli that is either relevant or dangerous. That's why if I go into a, a religious denomination that I am unfamiliar with, I won't be able to see the nuances that someone else may be aghast by. I may walk into, I'm not familiar enough with Christianity or with Islam to walk into a church or a mosque and be able to pick out things that maybe a Christian or a Muslim would look at and go, oh my gosh, I'm not familiar enough. But I may be able to walk into a synagogue and do that. Because my mind, my eyes, now remember, the stimuli was there. Why was it invisible to me? Because my brain didn't know how to process it. My brain didn't know how to make sense of it. When you're watching a sports game and you're like, that was a good play, and you see the coach on the sidelines like losing it, you're like, what? I thought it was a good play. Because you're seeing a play and he's seeing a play, but there's small bits of nuances that he sees 
that is invisible to your eyes because your eyes have no place to put it. Your brain doesn't know what to do with that information. So it just sweeps right by it. It can't take it in. There's not enough room in your in your in your schema, if you will, for every bit of information. So your brain is constantly, constantly, constantly filtering out most of the things that are right in front of your face. So when we talk about setting values, we talk about setting goals. The reason is because these goals are probably easier to get than you think. It's just that your mind has never seen the stimuli for because you're not going for them right now. If I were, let's go back to my other example. If my invisible value was wealth accumulation, let's say, or career advancement, and I did not put relationship to my children as a top value, and I go through my year, there may be so many ways for me to build a relationship with my children that would be invisible to me. Because my brain, when it sees that stimuli, that opening to the conversation, that opportunity to take them somewhere on a Sunday, that game we can play, whatever the million things that take place that somebody can look at and use as a relationship builder, I may be, it may be in, in, invisible to me, meaning I never see it. It was never there because as the stimuli came into my eyes, my brain said, I don't know what we're doing with this. Now, I may want to do it, but I've got career advancement at the top of my list, even if it's invisible. And so when it comes to the thing with the kid at night, I'm like, well, that's exhausted. I got to get ready for the next day. My brain, it's invisible. goes right through. But in the morning when I'm at work and there's that, that, meeting and in the meeting i can see the frustration in the ceo's eyes i can pick up on that and be like ah i see that he's frustrated with this person here's an opportunity for me to step in and play a bigger role how come i got that but i missed the kid the night before it's not because i can't see these things it's because my value system wasn't clear so my brain this incredible amazing machine that god gave me to achieve my goals knows how to pick up on the things that you really want in life and take you there. That's why what we're doing is so critical because the 15, 20, 30 minutes you may spend on what do you want to accomplish this year, that may be hundreds of hours throughout your year. The little bit of time you put in now to thinking these things may translate to Days of investment, days of time later on in life. Hours of regret in which you don't know how you missed things when they were right before your eyes. That's why, if you remember, you know, six months ago, eight months ago, we spent a lot of time on traits, on, um, they're called in Hebrew, midos. Zeal, remember zeal and sacrifice. Remember those remember those days? Because when you look at the world from a perspective of building your own inner traits, and when you go out into the world and you get a challenge, the challenge to you isn't something that your brain pushes away because it is meaningless. 
is a challenge that you see and embrace because the meaning that you're getting is the refinement of your character. Last, uh, last night I taped a, a class for an organization called Ornava. So we're speaking about Rosh Hashanah, which maybe we'll get to in a week. We're talking about how the whole essence of Rosh Hashanah really is to, is to live in a certain mode of, act, of, of judgment. And when you live in a mode of judgment, that's how you're judged in heaven. And you live in a very strict judgment type way of looking at everything around you. You're always judging in a strict way. That's how, you, that's how you're treated. But when you judge things in a very favorable way, when you're merciful, when you're understanding and you're forgiving, that's how, the, that's how heaven responds to you. And the challenge that I left the crowd with the, the crowd, there's a screen, hopefully the crowd. The challenge that I left the screen with last night was one time a day when somebody upsets you, insults you, offends you, whatever, just let it go once a day because that will condition you to be more forgiving, to be more merciful, which will ultimately bring greater blessing to your life. That was the premise. Context. How does that work? Like, how does your brain just think through this with me for a second? If you, let's say, let's say you, let's say I'm doing it. Let's say you're even right now, you're listening and you're going, okay, I'll do that. Yeah, for sure. I hear that. Yeah, if I'm more forgiving to other people, God will be more forgiving to me. That makes sense. It's called Mida Kanegan Mida. It's a whole talk. Right? So now you're going through your day. And let's assume you say, okay, I'm going to do it. Once a day, I'm going to give in. And not only that, I understand that by doing it, I am conditioning my mind and heart to be more of a forgiving person, which is something that I want. This is good for me. It's good for me to be merciful. I'm a little too tight, a little too, you know, a little too strict, if you will. And I can use to like take a chill. It's not the biggest deal. It's, it's hurting my relationships. It's hurting my happiness, right? Okay, let's assume that's all going in your mind right now. And you say, okay, I'll do it. 10 minutes later, somebody calls and offends you. Pre this conversation, your mind is picking up on all the stimuli that gets you offended. You're, 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 you're listening in to the, to the depth of the offense. As that person hangs up, your, your mind is bringing you all of the things that did wrong, all the reasons why they're insensitive to you, all the reasons why you're good to them. Your mind is taking you where you want to go. You want to go to a place of strict judgment of others. You want to go to a place of protecting yourself. And your mind's like, I know that. I know what's in your value system. I'll take you there. Hang up the phone and like you're heating up. Your mind's like just, your mind like goes to the, to the thermostat. And it's like, you know, ding, 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 80, 88 degrees. Is that good? Because you're at 72 right now. Can I put it to 88? Let's go 92. Max heat. Click. Time you get into your driveway, you're like steaming. Is your value, it's protection of self. 
to your mind. I got it. Now, all you have to do was say, oh, there's a value in being more sensitive and being more forgiving. As soon as they have, hang up that phone, you got to do one a day, right? You heard the, the, the talk, right? What's happened? Your brain is bringing you all the reasons why it's going to work. Wow, it's okay. Not the biggest deal. You can do it. You're stronger, but it doesn't feel that way. But I know, keep on working. And your brain is working this out in your head. I know, but I feel so offended. It's not really authentic. And then your brain says, yeah, but remember a couple of weeks ago where you didn't feel like it was really authentic either and it worked out and it will be authentic. And if you keep on working, it's gonna feel more natural. Remember what he said, it's one a day, heaven. And your brain is bringing you all the reasons why you should do it. What, what, I don't understand. You're the same person. It's the same phone call that you hung up with. How come in scenario one, the brain is turning on the heat and scenario two, the, the brain is turning on the, the AC? And it's just because of your values. As you clarify what you want to be and your values that you want to have and the traits you want to embody and the character that you want to become, you tr- as, you, as you start to articulate that in which you want to become, your brain immediately starts to sort of test it, question it. And then once it realizes that that's who you want to be, starts to take you there starts to identify the stimuli that is right before your eyes that you never saw before. It's an amazing thing. Two people looking at the same thing, seeing totally, totally different pictures because of their values, because of their previous beliefs. It's unbelievable how this happens. One person, they hit two people hit a wall, and one person says, I can, and one person says, I can't. And they're both right. Because every time you hit a wall, you can and you can't. And yesterday we're we're we're, we're moving ourselves, but I want I want to be I want to make it clear in my humble opinion that this stuff isn't gonna be easy. Your brain's gonna test to see if you're really serious about this. And you, all your neurological connections are saying you're not. But if you're really trying to change and you're trying to grow and you're identifying who you want to be and you hold strong to that belief and you hold strong to that goal or hierarchy, your brain will show you the things that you never saw before that will give you the proof that you can do it. Which means, this is a bias that we spoke about called the projection bias. Maybe I'll just talk about this for a minute. Because it's so critical to understand these things if you're going to embark and change. And I think we discussed this here. So I'm sorry for the review for those who've heard this before. Projection bias is an incredible bias. Here's how it works. You ever go shopping? I'll, I'll say it better. You ever go to a restaurant? And you're starving. Ever happened to you where you go to a restaurant and you're starving? And the menu comes out and you're you're famished. And someone else is paying for the bill. Okay. Someone's like, listen, it's on, it's on, it's on the company. You're famished. And there's no weirdness in doing it. You go order whatever you want. 
and you're like, okay, I'll have, you know, I'll have the, just, you know, bring me two appetizers. I think I can't tell between these two. So just bring them both. And uh, for the main, I'll have it, you know, give me the largest steak, medium. Is that okay? Medium. And of course the dessert and on the side, just make sure that you have, can you get me a double, you know, double fries and some rice? And then, yeah, for dessert, yeah, you know, I'll just order it now. So it's ready. You know what I'm saying? Like, and next thing you know, you got like, you know, two appetizers, you know, more food than can feed a small than, than, than a large family in most countries and the dessert coming. You ever had that before? And then you sit down and there's a bread at the table and you start pounding. Right. Never had that with you. Starve it. And here's what happens. Typically, you start pounding bread, appetizer one, appetizer two, and then comes the main and you go, oh, I'm, I'm full. But you got to pound through the main. And then comes the dessert platters that you ordered. You could barely move. And you're thinking, how did, why did I order so much food? I'm going to be sick. You have that? How can we do that for? This is called projection bias. Projection bias is like this. When I'm ordering my main or my dessert, I'm sitting, when you're sitting and ordering your dessert, right? You're ordering dessert from the place of being starving before the appetizer. And you don't have the ability to project towards you when you're going to eat the dessert. Your brain doesn't say, wait, 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 wait. When dessert comes out, you're going to be two appetizers, bread and main. So now project what it's going to be like to have all that food. And now which desserts do you want? It doesn't do that. It can't a bias so you project the dessert when you haven't even eaten the appetizer now when you haven't eaten anything and there's an option for dessert you're like oh my god it's going to be amazing so you order it or you go to the supermarket and you buy everything or you don't make a decision because you assume that i'm going to be too exhausted to do that because you're exhausted now when you are where you are and you're making long-term decisions, you don't have the ability to project yourself into that moment to make the decision as to your state in that moment. I tell you all the time, this happens to me, right? I tell all the time, I bring in, I, I put so many things to do when I go traveling, books to read and things to write and calls to make because I am projecting me right now, pre-getting on a Uber, waiting on the line, getting on an airplane, takeoff, land. I'm not feeling any of that exhaustion. So I'm projecting how I'm going to feel. But what, when I'm in the moment, I'm, I'm so much more tired after flying across the country. So I don't have the ability to mark up that document or to get on that phone call when I'm sitting in the club when I land. But when I made the decision, I'm here. And I projected I'll be fine. It's called projection bias. Hope that makes sense. we're thinking about change, the problem is that we have what's called projection bias. It seems so hard because we don't have the stimuli to show us that we can do something. Because we don't realize that as soon as we make a decision, we start seeing things we never saw before. And then we start building momentum in these things. And then we start actually being able to do them. So by the time we're picturing the change, it's with a totally revised set of neural connections that we don't have right now. So when we don't engage in change, it's because right now I can't see myself being different because 
I can project how I'm going to be halfway down the road. I hope that makes sense. All right, we'll talk about it. Think about that. How much is right before us? We can't see it. How much strength is really down the road, but we can't project there yet because we don't, we don't live, we haven't lived it. So we don't take on the things we should take on because we, we mistakenly assume that we can. Okay. Have an amazing day, everybody. With God's help, I cannot wait to see you again tomorrow. Have a great day.